You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Monster House presents Monster Talks, a proud member of the Airwave Media Podcast Network, home of such shows as Subtext, The Projection Booth, and The Daily Meditation Podcast. If you'd like to advertise on this show, contact sales at advertisecast.com. At Monster Talk, we're always looking into mysteries, but there's one mystery which only you can provide the answer for. Who are you? Airwave Media is doing a network-wide audience survey, and we would love to learn more about you, our listeners, the people who make this show possible with your support and attention. Just go to surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave, all one word. So that's surveymonkey.com forward slash r r like the letter r forward slash airwave but don't worry i'll put a link to that in the show notes select monster talk from the drop down list of shows and then fill out the simple questions to tell us more about who you are we hope to hear from you that's surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave thanks You can enjoy extended commercial-free versions of this show by joining us at patreon.com forward slash monster talk, all one word, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-T-A-L-K. For as little as $2 a month, you can enjoy longer interviews, unbleeped language, and bonus episodes exclusive for patrons. And if $2 a month is not workable for you, but you still want to help out, be sure and leave us a positive review on your podcasting platform of choice. iTunes reviews in particular can help bring in new listeners and your positive reviews really make a difference. If you want to learn other ways to help out, visit monstertalk.org forward slash support, where you can find even more ways to help keep this show going. Thank you to all of you who are supporting us with your hard-earned money and valuable time. We are humbled and grateful and hope that we always live up to or even exceed your expectations. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland. It's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster Dog. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stoltzner. We're happy to welcome back podcaster and UFO researcher Toby Ball to introduce you to Season 3 of his wonderful deep-dive UFO podcast, Strange Arrivals. Produced by Aaron Mankey's Grimm and Mild Studios, Strange Arrivals is a thorough and thoughtful dive into the world of UFOs, aliens, and all the cultural, psychological, and historical terrain that comprises that field. We love Toby's approach to this topic and hope you'll check out his two seasons of Back Catalog, as well as the latest season, which will include an interview with our trusty Monster Talk co-host, Dr. Karen Stolzno. Let's get to it. Monster Talk. 
So let's just start with welcome back to Monster Talk, Toby Ball. This is uh, your third yeah. visit. Welcome this, back. Or maybe this is your third strange mm-hmm. arrival, a joke you're probably tired of hearing. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on again. This is, this is always fun. So it's uh, it was Betty Barney Hill yeah. and then Rendlesham Forest. And now, I'll be honest, I'm listening to season three, and it seems very broad. So what's the unifying theme? Well, it just started, three? too. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's interesting because I, I sort of started thinking, um, you know, what what does it mean when people, like, believe in, like, the reality of UFOs is, like, sort of their dominant belief system? Like, how does that change the way they act, the way they, they think about other things? Um, and as I started, you know, talking to people and doing more research – that original idea kind of morphed more into sort of what is the influence of like these sort of, you know, high profile researchers, UFO researchers or UFO theorists, and who seem to kind of drive the way people at different times think about UFOs. So that's, that's kind of what it ended up being uh, now. So like, for instance, at the beginning of the season, um, as we're recording, uh, a couple days ago, uh, a uh, episode about the aerial school uh, encounter in Zimbabwe dropped, and this will eventually come around to John Mack and his sort of the influence he seems to have had on the students' recollections of what happened and the way that story mm-hmm. was kind of brought out um, actually fairly recently. Yeah, we... we um... That's kind of a recurring theme here, too, where we look at how do the sort of reporters, historians, writers who catalog this stuff influence the narratives. And and it may not even be intentional, but even like in the kinds of stories that they collect together can have an impact on the field, you know. So right. that, I look forward to see what you come up with here. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh Karen was on, uh, I interviewed Karen for sort of the middle of this season. Um, and after talking about John Mack, we're going to be talking about David Jacobs, um, who is sort of in that Mack, Jacobs, Bud Hopkins, sort of troika of alien abduction mm-hmm. researchers. But they all kind of, you know, they had these sort of different outlooks about what was actually happening and what sort of the consequences of it were and what sort of the nature of it was um, with mm-hmm. John Mack being sort of, you know, sort of hippie ish. And, you know, they're here to sort of enlighten us and, you know, encourage us to uh, to protect the environment and not have nuclear wars and things like that. Whereas David Jacobs uh, is just so, so, so dark, both in sort of his vision oh, yeah. and then in sort of the actions that he takes in pursuit of, this narrative. Um, so I thought that was just two guys who are, you know, very well known, particularly at that time and have the same basic ideas, uh, about the fact that there's hundreds of thousands or millions of people being kidnapped by aliens. And it's all this sort of reproductive stuff. Um, but because one thinks it's evil and one thinks it's great, uh, the people that they, that they, uh, they, you know, are, are, are researching or treating or however you want to put it, they kind of reflect those views back to the researcher. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just, it just seems like a very sort of obvious example of the effect the researcher has on, you know, the quote unquote experiencers. And then with David mm-hmm. Jacobs, uh, as I talked <laughs> to Karen about, there's all these other sort of ethical, horrible ethical issues that, that he runs into. I realized when editing this interview that we talked all around David Jacobs and Emma Wood's controversy without really explaining it. So to quickly give you a summary, I'm going to quote from the May-June 2011 issue of Skeptical Inquirer, an article by Bob Schaefer titled, Abductology Implodes. And remember, the Emma Woods is a pseudonym of one of Jacobs' abduction research subjects. And here's how Schaefer summarizes the situation. Woods was a hypnotic subject of David Jacobs from 2004 to 2007. All of her sessions took place over the telephone. 
She's written long and detailed accounts of her complaint against Jacobs, which she has circulated widely within ufology circles. Assuming she can document all of her charges, Jacobs appears in a sorry light indeed. She accuses Jacobs of telling her during hypnosis sessions that she suffered from multiple personality disorder. She accuses him of planting false memories in her of evil aliens abducting her, raping her, and even trying to kill her. She says she felt sick every time she saw the ocean because she remembered an alien hybrid holding her head underwater. I'd spend a couple episodes on that, um, including, you know, talking, talking to the woman who was involved. Oh, really? Well, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she shared some uh, hypnosis tapes um, oh, boy. that mm-hmm. that he had set, he had been taping the hypnosis sessions and sent her the tapes and it was actually listening to the tapes that kind of helped her realize what it was going on. Um, so it's it's you know it's yeah. it's, it's it's unseemly. It is to say the least. It is, and uh, and I know you'll go into more detail. And I, I we actually have an interesting sort of parallel uh, thing we're researching for a future episode on on the Montauk Project, sort of a spinoff of our Philadelphia experiment coverage, and that also has some extremely questionable unethical hypnosis stuff and yeah so anyway there's always that dark yeah, side anytime <laughs> you get into that kind of thing hypnosis it it's going to be like that but i do like toby the way that you talk with these experiences as well and it's uh in hearing their side of the story because it's i mean it's really i don't know two sides to each story or maybe even three uh and it, because it, taking for example the case with david jacobs and emma wood They've both talked about their side of the story, and it's completely different. Uh, their perspectives are very different, and uh, they both have their, their own supporters and, and followers, uh, and it's just very messy. My understanding of the way that, that she her sort of accusations uh, were received by the UFO community at large um, and then uh, Carol Rainey, I think, was another person who kind of uh, stood with her uh, on those things. And, and just a lot of blowback um, when you would hope that there would be oh, some yeah, she's passion really being or, being or yeah. at least like interest, you know, in, in getting to the bottom of it. But it's sort of this reflexive, uh, you know, counterattack by his his people. Oh, victim blaming. Yeah. Yes. But but you also are, I mean you're covering some pretty famous uh, UFO witness stories as well, and so I imagine you'll be looking at a lot about uh, how the in- initial interrogations can affect the, the the story and how time and you know memory changes over time. But you cover uh, the Papua New Guinea uh, sightings and the Zimbabwe schoolyard sightings. All you know, so that's just the first two episodes, and uh, I'm I'm really intrigued uh, at your coverage. I, I'm enjoying it very much, and so I always like it when I. Okay, I guess one of the things is when you've been looking at UFO stories and alien stories for decades, it's always exciting when you hear something new, and so I, every now and then a little tidbit will come out in a show or a coverage, and your show never fails to teach me something new every time. So I love it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's finding like what's sort of interesting about the whole UFO phenomenon and, and people talking about it and stuff beyond the are they real or are they not real? Like there's plenty of people who <laughs> spend a hell of a lot of time trying to figure that out. And it's like, what else is interesting? Like, why why should somebody be interested in all this stuff? Um and and I think it's you know it's it's stuff that's sort of you'd find in sociology or, or some stuff in science or psychology and and so that's that's trying to focus on that aspect of these different UFO stories is is sort of what you know that that's sort of the baseline that I start from when I when I'm looking to put mm-hmm. together a season. And so Toby, you talk with experiences. Do you talk with researchers as well, or are they less? willing to talk with you um well so for this one especially like when i talked to i talked to one of uh, a woman who worked with john mack as well um and you know john john mack passed away um years ago 
and Bud Hopkins mm-hmm. as well. And then David Jacobs, I, I couldn't get to respond to me. Actually, a lot of the sort of researchers for this season um, are no longer living. Um, so I, there's, you know, later on, uh, spent some time looking at the, the ideas of John Keel, who's sort of an interesting guy. Um, so in the past, um, I feel like I've had more success getting in touch with the actual sort of UFO proponents. Um, and this season, uh, you know, it's, it's been harder. I don't know how much of it is people have listened to earlier seasons, you know, not necessarily like when they came out, but when I get in touch with people and say, Hey, this is me, this is my podcast. You can, you can check it out here. Uh, and if, and, and see if it's something you'd be interested in doing. And I think sometimes people listen to it they're like, yeah, you know, that's not, that's not my venue. Um, so it's been, this season has been a little bit different in that way. Um, I, I've tried to, you know, find enough, uh, you know, materials that, that are coming from those researchers to sort of accurately, mm-hmm. uh, portray the way they're approaching the subject, like for John Mack, I think in a lot of ways, like he's sort of an attractive figure in his sort of personal philosophy and the way he chooses to, uh, kind of conceptualize this sort of unknown thing. Um, so try, trying to make, trying to make that clear. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, it, for whatever reason, this season, it was, it was a little bit harder than, than it has been in the past mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think you do a good job of keeping a fairly neutral voice, you know. Which is difficult. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, it's – I think if you're an honest inquirer, and I guess that's one of the things you're already talking about is the agendas and beliefs of the people asking the questions oh, have yeah. such a big impact mm-hmm. on the re- responses from the witnesses. And and I, and I, that doesn't mean that they didn't see something unusual. I'm just – it just – it can – if you're looking for Bigfoot, and I've seen this literally in books that I own, where I've, I've got, you know, people are doing books about Bigfoot, and they just start sticking everything, any kind of weird sighting of a monster as a Bigfoot. And it, some of these don't even make sense. And I, I'm not calling names, Lauren Coleman, but the, um, uh, some, of these, <laughs> some of these are, are <laughs> pretty big stretches, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think just in terms of, you know, making interesting podcasts and, and having these ideas uh, be engaging is, you know, you, you have to kind of put forward the best argument, right? Like if you're going to engage with it, you don't you don't want to put your finger on the scale too much. Right. It's like this, this is what people think. And this is this is kind of my response to it. If I feel like I need to respond to it, this this, this is where I think it's lacking or it's or it it makes what other people are saying unreliable or it influences what people say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do try to like, I'm, I don't, I don't make it a secret, like where I come down on these things, but I, you know, I try to put people in their best light whenever possible. It's not always possible. Uh, again, I think the David Jacobs stuff is, is, is pretty tough to make a, an honest case for, but for, for other people, I mean, I think most of the people I've dealt with, and I, I know there are people who are who are not sincere. I, I feel like most of the people I've actually talked with uh, have been sincere, and I've sort of avoided people who I was concerned wouldn't be. So right. you know, being respectful of 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 what their beliefs are and what the, what they think and things like that, without uh, necessarily having to mm-hmm. agree with it, um, I think that that's just sort of. Um, I think that's that's kind of the way you do a podcast like this, right? I mean, if you're if you're just completely, you know, crapping on people all the time or or, or right devaluing yeah. their their value system, I don't I don't think that's mm-hmm. I don't think that's particularly helpful. Well, audiences, I, I hear a I'm lot of a lot of podcasts that like to say we're not cynical, you know, like that. That's one of their values is like we'll talk about this stuff we'll be critical we'll ask questions but we're not going to be cynical about it and i hear that on multiple shows and it is easy to roll into cynicism especially if you've been looking at this stuff for a long time and it's really funny now because in the ufo world there's like a whole new generation of people who are coming in off of this a-tip stuff um and like you know 
I don't think these are UFOs. You know, these are something else. I'm like, well, okay, you can change the name. Mm -hmm. But if you've been studying this for a long time, you will find the same patterns because it is the same stuff. (laughs) So not getting Mm -hmm. burned out is and not being cynical is really hard. Have you had any issues with kind of getting burned out on the topic now that you've kind of dug in on it a little bit? Or are you still keeping it fresh? Are you still have that passion for UFOs and aliens and what's out there? Uh, I guess it depends on what day you ask me in some ways, you know? I mean, there <laughs> sure. is, you know, one of the funny things about the whole, like, if you don't, if you don't believe, if you, if you think that all this UFO stuff is mistaken things and you know just just uh you know normal normal phenomenon that's misidentified or or conflated or uh, imagined or you know built up out of whole cloth um then all this discourse that you're involved in just in some ways seems like it's about nothing um and that Mm -hmm. you're getting some interesting insights into people and into where you know, how society positions certain things like, like paranormal, like the paranormal, but sometimes, you know, you know, you end up after spending nine or 10 hours working on this stuff. You're like, man, this is a, this is a lot of, uh, much, much ado about, about not that much when it's all said and Mm -hmm. done. Um, so sometimes that, that gets to me, but I do, you know, I, I, I find, I find sort of the meta stuff about, about, UFOs and, and other paranormal stuff. I, I find that like really interesting most of the time. It's usually I go through these little periods where it's like, what am I doing? And then, you know, I have an interview <laughs> with somebody else who's super interesting and it has has really interesting ideas that get me thinking. And then I, I it, it recharges the batteries in the same way that the uh, intellectual rigor of UFO Twitter can sort of discharge your batteries <laughs> yeah i don't know sometimes like yeah that's another one it's yeah. like you're reading ufo twitter you're like my god like is what is this you, there's no way you, this is a ufo from you know peru or something it's like it's just not it's a balloon it's, it's, it's a mylar balloon i don't want to be i mean to be blunt ufo twitter is the chimps throwing feces of the internet it's really not great <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then there's people like Mick well, West who are out there trying to like like sort of talk reason to people. He tries. Like he tries. Getting abuse. Yeah. You know? No. It's like, I oh, man. This is hope thankless. he has a good waterproof raincoat or monkey turd proof <laughs> raincoat, whatever. <laughs> well, Toby, one thing that I think is interesting, and this is just from what you and I have discussed, so I don't know if you found this in general. General, but uh, with the, the Emma Woods case, I think it, it's interesting that even after the negative experiences that she went through and the abuse that she suffered, it doesn't really seem to have shaken her belief, her core beliefs about uh, some of the experiences that she had and her beliefs in general in uh, the, the idea of alien abduction and UFOs. Did you find that that was typical of other contactees and experiences that you? You spoke with yeah well the two the two uh you know experiencers uh people who felt that they'd been abducted you know many 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 times uh both of them um yeah i mean i i they you know that that's part of their identity and their and their you know remembered history um and yeah i i mean so there's um a woman named Elizabeth Anglin who worked with John Mack for, for many years. And I, I, I talked to her she, she's, she's a, um, I, I, th- she, she was great. I mean, she was great to talk to. She's really interesting, very smart. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of her, a lot of her memories, a lot of her self identity is th- this, this idea that she was uh, abducted again and again and again and again, starting when she was quite young and that it's multi-generational. Um, and, and with Emma, mm-hmm. you know, long before she got involved with David Jacobs in any way, she'd been having what she considered to be sort of these anomalous experiences. Um, so I think for Emma, it's kind of the David Jacobs thing was sort of a, you know, it was a horrific event, but that doesn't uh, necessarily negate things that happened before 
uh, she, she she met him separate thing. But mm-hmm. and what I found really affecting uh, in talking to her is that, you know, she says during the interview that there that she has memories, very strong memories that she knows aren't real, that are the product of her uh, sessions with with Jacobs. But she just doesn't know which ones they are. Oh, kind of. that is so frustrating. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. she's she's stuck. <laughs> he really screwed these. her up. With these things that she feels are part of her, um, uh, are part of her her history, and and she knows that mm-hmm. some of them aren't aren't didn't didn't. Ha- I mean, a lot of them may not have happened, but she doesn't know how to yeah. kind of parse oh. them. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti, and I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, consciousness, philosophy, UFOs, ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So, yeah. The power yeah. of false memories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, I there was nobody I talked to. And again, I didn't talk to a whole bunch of people. You know, that was another group of people who I think weren't super responsive when I reached out. Um, and, and the, and the ones who did talk to me were very, very generous with their, with their time and, and, um, and, and revealing these stories. Um, but they, yeah, I don't think they, they've sort of reconsidered that aspect of their, of their lives at all. Do you remember there was like a weird sort of sting operation that was done to John Mack where a, a student went to confess, like she had told stories about like being abducted, basically telling Mack what he expected to hear. And then at a symposium publicly said she'd made it all up. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, could, I tried to track her down. Yeah, that's. I was wondering if you did. That seemed like the, right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, no, I tried to track her. Didn't down. know about that. Interesting. Yeah, so she went in. So she faked being hypnotized, and then she actually told this story about how she was on a. She'd brought aboard a ship, and on the ship were Nikita Khrushchev and and Kennedy, and then somebody else who I can't remember who it was. And she said that actually Khrushchev was crying uh, to her on the ship. And, you know, John Mack, like, lost his mm-hmm. mind. He's like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And I don't know if he – I can't remember if he wrote up about it or, or, or whatever. But, yeah, she did. She did reveal. And it, I think um, it was also covered in Time magazine. It was also on a TV documentary. That That's the recollection that I have. Oh, the, the like, Nova? Yes. The Nova thing? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So um, – so yeah, and then she just said, you know, I just I made it up, and I kind of made up this absurd story that sort of I knew 
would sort of dovetail with his interests and in like world peace and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. But what's, what's kind of, what's, what's sort of classic. And I, I talked to Ralph Blumenthal, who's a former New York times reporter who wrote a biography of John Mack. Yep. Yep. And he said that Mack, you know, even after all this happened, Mac actually believed that she had been kidnapped and he had did. some. That was my recollection as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, that he, um, he really thought that wow, that wow. basically her so-called fake memory was like suppressed real memory kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. a, that's exactly what I recall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, weird. So much difference between making it up, I guess, and and the false memories. Well, I look forward to hearing. Oh, I know, I know, and it, well, it's all so confounding, you know. But 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 I mean, it. it I remember watching it and being very uncomfortable because I felt bad. It's like I felt bad that that she busted him, but I also felt bad that he was so gullible, you know. It's like, like there was a yes. lot going on. There was a lot going on there. Reaction. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry you you weren't able to track her down. I would love to hear what she thinks about it now because it's been some time. I that was. What, late 80s, early 90s, I'm guessing? Something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think early 90s. Yeah. yeah I, I, I found somebody who I thought was probably her, but I, but I was never able to actually connect. Gotcha. Um, so. Hmm. so what was her motive then for, for doing that? Was she – it sounds like she was affiliated with skeptics or something. She, it had that vibe. It had that vibe, but I don't know that she was actually affiliated with anybody. Did, I don't remember. I, I don't – recall yeah. her um like being put up to it by any like organization right, or right. anything but I, but i do think mm-hmm. you know as blake was saying it was a, it was like a sting basically it really it was, felt like a sting know, yeah 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 to kind of embarrass him a little insert here donna lee rice bassett was the woman who pulled the sting operation on dr john mack she leveled several claims against Mac, and it was her husband, Edward, who contacted journalist James Wilworth, whose 1994 Time magazine article titled The Man from Outer Space put Mac under a ton of public scrutiny, which blindsided the abduction academic. Sadly, John Mack was killed by an alcohol-impaired driver while visiting England in 2004 for a conference. They do all seem to be dying out, and with David Jacobs, it just seems like he's kind of disappeared off the map. I don't know if he even does interviews with people who believe anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I think he, he must be fairly old at this point. Um, yeah, and I don't. Is. Yeah. I So, yeah, I, I don't actually, you know, he had. It's something that was that was kind of strange was about a month ago. He had this whole sort of response to Emma Woods, um, uh, her accusations and. You know, it was, you know, several pages worth of, I mean, it was a single web page, but it was, it was just really long and he's sort of addressing Mm -hmm. her, her accusations. But the way in which he kind of responds is in this same, so he kind of, for people who don't know much about him, in addition to this really unethical hypnosis stuff, he, he also created this kind of real world uh, like almost like sci-fi cloak and dagger scenario where these uh, half human, half alien hybrids were trying to prevent him from doing his research. There's this whole thing where he feels he, uh, he says that he feels as though his life is threatened. He sort of goes on the lam for a while and where he decides to hide out is his, uh, his vacation home in Cape Cod during the summer, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a little strange. Yeah. So, so he had this whole sort of weird cloak and, and, and dagger thing going on, which included several people who he was hypnotizing, uh, including Emma. So his, his response to her accusation is totally couched in that world, this like pretend world he made up. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I, you know, basically I had no choice. These hybrids were threatening me. So what was I supposed to do? Or, you know, I had mm-hmm. heard from oh. another one of my hip, from the hybrids who were interacting with another woman who I was hypnotizing that Emma's hybrids were really, really like bad and, and aggressive and uh and and dangerous so i i realized i had to kind of back mm-hmm. off on that 
and it's just it's just so it's such a strange way to respond to sort of real world accusations of uh yeah. of of like these very very serious ethical breaches and your response is well oh, yeah, we should add for we should add for listeners too that he has absolutely no training whatsoever in yeah psychology or psychiatry he's a historian a doctor of history and uh yeah he hasn't got any proper training in hypnotherapy and yet he's been interviewing hundreds of people for hundreds of hours for a very long time and he was interviewing her he, he was hypnotizing her over the phone and she was in new zealand and for hours was, and hours and yep. he was in philadelphia so he did over Australian, the phone to be honest <laughs> yeah i, I wonder <laughs> if she spent some time there as well because i got more of an australian accent oh interesting <laughs> um and yeah, so he actually the another thing he did, which was which was a little strange, is that he hypnotized people over text, like he would get them to self-hypnotize, and then he would conduct their hypnosis sessions over like instant message. Text, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. strange, and <laughs> and probably not best practice. Absolutely not, and and he this is really hard to tell if he's. Uh paranoid or has some kind of condition or if he's just making it all up for his books yeah i mean that's I, emma's emma was sort of saying that she thinks you know he's got books he needs to sell so he thinks that she thinks that was a lot of it yeah and it's driving a lot of this for people if these stories were true they're devastating and powerful and weird and change the whole universe i mean like they <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and if they're not true, then they're mm -hmm. terribly exploitative, and you know they, yeah, they, yes, yep. they, they, they just, um, and, and and as we've talked on multiple, uh, multiple for years, really, it's it's this combination of you got some things where people see things, and maybe there's something there, maybe it's perception, maybe it's culture, and there's a big rise mm -hmm. in what seems to be like a religious quality to a lot of this stuff. And then you've got the there's so yes. many different subcultures with their own agendas and it and they all look at these stories and see their own agendas being made manifest, which is weird because they they can't all be true. Like there's there's some mm -hmm. that it can't it can't be advanced earth technology and also be alien technology and also be inner earth technology and also be ultra terrestrial technology and also be, you know it it can't be all those things. It's, <laughs> Have, have you ever read uh, The Eighth Tower by John Keel? Um, actually, it's uh, I'm about halfway through it. Uh, it's I'm, I'm yeah I'm going through a I'm going through a bunch of my Keel stuff again. So yeah, I'm about uh, and it's, it's not one of my favorites, but yeah, I'm in the middle of it. I'll... <laughs> I mean his his thing. I mean it's the book is crazy. Uh, uh, yes, it I, is. I, I found it very entertaining. <laughs> um, I actually lent it to my son. Uh, I was like, I think you're, I think you'll think this is pretty. It, it's, a, it's, it's. I like Mothman prophecies better. It's a good read, though. You know, it, it's a, it's very cynical about science, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's sort of like it, it sort of feels like it's, it's like somebody came up with this really cool concept for a science fiction book, and then was like, actually, I don't really care about characters or plot or anything. I'm mostly just into the concept, and just wrote like this really long sort of concept paper for what would be like a science fiction trilogy or something. Cause it's, 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 it's crazy. But, but one of the things he talks about is, is that his sort of take on, on all these paranormal things is that it's this one phenomenon and that it, it exists sort of in our same space, but vibrates on a level that we can't, uh, we can't detect. And then every once in a while, something will get pulled into our sort of reality, uh, but it's sort of formless in, and that it's the person who's experiencing it, like kind of projects their sort of assumptions and, and values or, or whatever on that thing. And it becomes that to that person so that it seemed like that was sort of his way of, of, of trying to make sense of all these different things and like, how can these all possibly be true? And it was like, well, it's because they're these creatures that assume the properties of whatever the person who's observing them is kind of expecting them to to take, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, 
a lot of sort of mental gymnastics, I think. <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, you know, he, he ends up by the end of his life identifying as a demonologist. He constantly says he doesn't know if any of this stuff is true. <laughs> like, like, yeah. He's all over the place, but he also talks about the, uh, was the, the he talks about ultra terrestrials. That's really, he sort of created that term as far as I yes. can tell. But also the, the, there's another word. He talks about the spectrum, like, you know, this idea that these things might just be outside of our visible spectrum a little bit too. Uh, so he throws a lot of stuff at the wall. Not all of it sticks. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. I, I, interesting character. I let me ask you this though. So you, because mm-hmm. I, I know we can't. I don't. You're gonna. You're gonna be covering multiple episodes, lots and lots of stuff, and you do a really good deep dive. And I, I highly recommend people check your show out. But uh, after three seasons of doing this research, um, you got any conclusions you can lay down on us? What have you learned? Uh, that's interesting. Um, the question I get asked the most, which isn't like, do you have any conclusions is after you've done all this stuff, do, do you, do you think, are you, are you more inclined to believe that there are UFOs or less? And you know, the, the answer is, is clearly, I, I wasn't inclined at all when I began and I'm even less <laughs> now that I know more about them. Like, I, I feel like the, the one, the one thing that was in my mind was like, I don't actually know a whole lot about this. I just sort of reflexively uh, I'm skeptical about it, but you know, kind of the more, kind of the more you look into it, at, at least with the minds, with a skeptical mindset, the more you realize, um, how this stuff works and how people can convince right. themselves or be convinced. Um, and actually in, in addition to, um, uh, another podcast I do, which, which covers true crime, which, um, you know, has there's there's some definite intersections, particularly in the way people perceive things and the way people remember things um, and the way people can be misled uh, that, you know, I think I think humans are very prone to uh, being convinced of things that aren't real. And I mean, that's that's why con men get rich. Right. And that's why, you know, people get sent away to prison for life based on eyewitness testimony. And then it turns out, Mm. you know, 20 years later, when they do DNA testing, it wasn't that person. Um, Mm. It's just people are just unreliable in observation and then also are, you know, I, I hate to say gullible, but but can be manipulated um, yeah, or, or can manipulate themselves. We have too or, much confidence in our own perceptions right. and understanding. Yeah, totally, totally. So I, I guess that's what I come away with. I, I guess the other thing is that it, it also, those, all those things, you know, it's not like there's a particular segment of the population that is more or less prone to that kind of thing. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's certainly a guy like John Mack is very smart, highly educated, you know, he's the chair of a department at Harvard and he totally gets sucked into this stuff. In addition to, you know, the Saturday night live caricature of, you know, people who see UFOs or whatever. So it's just this kind of wide range of, of people who end up sort of engaging, um, with UFOs in a, in a sort of credulous manner. Um, and again, I've, I've tried to really avoid like the people I think are, uh, aren't sincere yeah. or trying to make a buck or whatever. Like that to me doesn't seem super interesting. Uh, so I've, I've, I've sort of avoided that, but I think it's, it's, you know, you look around a little bit, it's pretty clear who those people are. True. But I will say you, you mentioned SNL. I will say Kate McKinnon is probably still my favorite abductee. She's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Now, after the blue light pulled you into the spacecraft, what is your next memory? Uh, I came to and saw a beautiful being made of like a beautiful calming light. Yeah, same here. That being touched my head, I felt every emotion in its purest form. It was amazing and I cried, sir. Okay, and you, Miss Rafferty? Wow. (laughs) What floor were you guys on? I woke up in a dirty metal dome and uh, 40 little gray aliens watched me pee in a steel bowl. <laughs> and they took the bowl, walked out. 
interesting. Were these beings also bathed in light? Uh, no, no, they were uh, gray with big fat eyes, little mouths. They just uh, stared while I peed. <laughs> I don't think I was dealing with the top brass. And how did... Like, if I had to, like, rank, like, the most things I've had sent to me, like, that skit, like, people constantly send me that on Twitter or email it to me. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because it's not that far from true. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's always the funniest stuff. <laughs> well, those are some interesting takeaways, Toby. And I just wanted to ask you a final question because sure. you've kind of hinted that this third season is going to be the last season of Strange Arrivals. So we're very disappointed to hear that. Is that true? And if so, what's next for you? Um. Yeah, well, I, I think there's not going to be an immediate follow-up. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, I I've, I do have another project, which I, I'm sort of keeping secret at the moment, um, but will probably be out within the year, um, which is just not sort of a paranormal type thing. And, you know, I don't want to close the door on coming back to this because um, sure. I do find it interesting. It always find it interesting. draws you back in. That's what we find. Yeah, yeah. And I think... You know, in two years, I'm sure things will have changed quite a bit and there'll be other kind of interesting things to look at. Um, Radioactive wasteland, yeah, just, uh, the gas wars. It's going to be. There you go. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I've just spent, you know, so much time just immersed in this stuff recently. Uh, I, I've kind of felt like I went from zero to 60 and just like kept the pedal to the metal until now. So, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, just take a little break and then uh, maybe get back on it um, in a couple years. Well, that's a good strategy in <laughs> general. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. th- well, thank you for doing all this work because I mean, it's um, it is really oh, so much research. Yeah, it's exactly. Top quality. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun, and I, you know, again, I wouldn't have kept doing it if uh, if I didn't find it interesting and 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 enjoy talking to people I ended up talking to and, and all that. So it's, it's been well, a lot of fun. Wasn't so much out there. Exactly. Well, it's like monsters, you know, we, we started the show, not really believing in monsters, but loving monsters and always being surprised that there's more and more and more to talk about and different ways to look mm-hmm. at this stuff. And it's just, it's a great way to, you know, sharpen your mental skills and learn more about humans and, you know, try to blend and fit in with if this strange society. <laughs> like, as a hybrid, it's the best that I can do. So, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. here we go, admission. Oh, no, no. That, I, we really do appreciate you coming to talk to us again and the work that you do. It's really great. Yeah, good so, to chat with you. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I, I, this is always fun. Where can listeners find your stuff? Uh, well, it's on, it's strange arrivals. It's on any, uh, podcast app. The new episodes drop on Wednesdays at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Nice. All right. Well, we'll put links to all that in the show notes as well, too. Awesome. Yep. Great. Thanks, Toby. And keep in touch. And yeah, we looked forward to seeing what you do next, whatever it is. Monster dog. You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzner. You just heard an interview with Toby Ball about the latest season of his extraterrestrial-themed show, Strange Arrivals. Season 3 is coming out now in weekly installments. Check the show notes or your favorite podcast app for a link. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monster Talk. Each episode, we strive to bring you the very best in monster-related content with a focus on bringing scientific skepticism into the conversation. If you enjoy Monster Talk, we now have a variety of ways to support the show, all with convenient links at monstertalk.org forward slash support. That's monstertalk.org forward slash support. We have links there to our Patreon page as well as a donation button. Another great way to support the show is to buy books from our Amazon Monster Talk wish list, which directly helps us with our research. We love used books very much, so don't feel compelled to buy new ones, and we love Kindles so we can share our digital libraries with each other. And finally, without spending any money at all, you can support us by leaving a positive review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
positive reviews help keep us visible in iTunes, which is a great way to help us find new listeners. And please share our show on your favorite social media platforms. At Monster Talk, we're always looking into mysteries, but there's one mystery which only you can provide the answer for. Who are you? Airwave Media is doing a network-wide audience survey, and we would love to learn more about you, our listeners, the people who make this show possible with your support and attention. Just go to surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave, all one word. So that's surveymonkey.com forward slash r r like the letter r forward slash airwave but don't worry i'll put a link to that in the show notes select monster talk from the drop down list of shows and then fill out the simple questions to tell us more about who you are we hope to hear from you that's surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave thanks your support is what makes this show financially possible and we thank you sincerely for helping this journey continue Monster Talk theme music is by Pete Stealing Monkeys, and we never get tired of thanking you for listening, and we hope you never get tired of stopping by for a chat. See you next week. Monster House presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.